Welcome to Harvest Hour with Reverend Dr. Godwin Alija. Today's message is from the vast teaching archives of the man of God, who is also the lead pastor of the Harvest Missions Chapel, Assemblies of God International Church, a first century church in the 21st century world. Join us today as we explore truths of God's word for the building up of our faith and victorious living in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Now, today's message. What is up to foreign soil to work a distant land? Oh, please rise together. Let's appreciate them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, let's, let's appreciate them. And give a bigger one to the Lord. Give a macho, macho one to God. Hallelujah. Amen. What a presence. Before we go into the word of God, I want us to pray over two things. Two things that can rob the presence of God from you when you come to church. Number one, when your burdens become bigger than your God when you magnify your challenges much bigger than the God you serve. And number two, when you don't experience the presence of the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Ghost is absent. So this morning we want to pray that any burden that has pursued us, any burden that continues to linger on the back of our minds, that makes it difficult to break through. Pray that Holy Spirit take it away right now. Lift your voice in, in prayer and say, God, I magnify you above my biggest problem. God, I magnify you over my challenge. I magnify you over my financial situation. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Where are the prayer warriors? Oh, Rabba Sinda, Rabba Goyo, Rabba Goyo, Rabba Goyo, Lord, you are bigger than everything. You are bigger than the biggest. You are stronger than the strongest. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare any problem that is moving bigger than you. We subdue it. We abate it. We abort it. In the name of Jesus. 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 We crush. We crush, we break, we subdue, we reject, we oppose every machination of the devil in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Fire! 
The second thing is when the presence of the Holy Spirit is not there. And yesterday we had a powerful altar workers training and we read how Elijah repaired the altar and called for the Holy Ghost. Right now we are going to pray that if there is anything that is broken for which reason the Holy Spirit is not marinating us pray the Holy Spirit repair it and come because I can't do without you pray the Holy Ghost repair any brokenness repair any brokenness and come 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 Holy Spirit, you are our master, you are our comforter, you are our teacher. We can't do without you. We need you in this house. We need you in our lives. Take over. Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit.
we thank you for the awesome privilege of having you in our midst holy spirit come down come down in your own powerful way holy spirit teach us you are our teacher teach us holy spirit subdue any spirit that is not of you in the mighty powerful name of jesus Lift the shout to God. Put your hands together and lift the shout to God. Shall we be seated? Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. The atmosphere is set now to receive the word of God. Every time we meet, it's important that we have the presence of the Holy Spirit overflowing. Because in Genesis 1, Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the surface of the deep. But the Spirit of God was hovering over that surface, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Today, we want to continue with our Nehemiah project. There's so much to learn and Tuesday, we touched on a lot of things. Some of you were not here, so I'll rehash them. And then look at another part of it. We, we, we learned that Nehemiah was word-based. So every time he was confronted with challenges, he stood on the word of God. We also learned that Nehemiah was a man of um, prayer. And so he prayed a lot, even before the king. Uh, when the king asked what he needed, he prayed before he answered the king. And we all learned that it is dangerous to move around this world not praying over things before we do them. Some of us, we think that because we have the financial power or the mental capacity, we can do anything anyhow without consulting. I told you the story of the man who was going to buy a donkey and announced to the whole family that tomorrow I'm going to buy a donkey. And uh, they said, you don't, you don't talk like that, Kweku. Say that if the Lord wills. And he said, ah, I have my money. I've transacted a deal. In fact, I've seen the donkey. I'm just going to pay and take the donkey. This one, too. if the Lord wills, assembling. But in the middle of his journey, thieves caught him and they beat him. And stole the money. He almost died. Almost died. God just saved him. And finally, when the good Samaritan brought him home, and they nursed his wounds and said, Go and sleep. We are preparing food for you. After some time, they called him and said, Kweku, the food is ready. We'll come and eat. This time, he said, If the Lord wills, I will eat. <laughs> if the Lord wills, I will eat. Now he's noticed that prayer is important. If God wills, and we also learned that you must guide your hearts because it's out of the heart that issues of life flows. And many times our actions are indicative of what is inside our hearts. Amen. How many of you are here? Are you with me or you are gone home? I'm just recapping for those of us who haven't been in church for three weeks. I just want you to catch up so that you are not lost. <laughs> Amen. Then we also learned that 
you must guard your mouth because the devil does not know unless you open your mouth and say the devil can only guess and we learn that some of us the problem with our progress and going to the next level is our mouth I say it sounds better to say mouth that is a problem we don't know when to shut up and we don't know when to talk we like to talk every time but you must learn to say some and leave some you must know whom to talk to Nehemiah went to survey the broken walls and he didn't tell anybody because if he had exposed God's plans early it would have been prematurely damaged and we actually even talked about the fact that Jesus himself when he was a baby God had to hide him from Herod Herod wanted to kill them why didn't the son of God stay there because after all he's the son of God just put Michael in front <laughs> but God said no 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 go and hide baby Jesus because anything that God is doing if it's at the infantile stage is vulnerable and you must have the wisdom to guard it so you see the problem we've had is that we expose the dreams too early and they are quashed and destroyed and we today we want to look at how to deal with opposition dealing with the opposition the Christian life is a fight Paul says that I fight not like somebody who is fighting the wind in other words Paul is telling us that this Christian life is a fight some of us the earlier we tune our mind to the fact that this walk is a fight the better it will be the day the fight is over, that day is either Jesus is here or you are in your grave. <laughs> that is why he said, I have fought the good fight. So the Christian life is a fight. But the good news is that you don't have to fight with your strength. You fight with the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul also says that this Christian life is a race. We run so that we would obtain so these are some of the metaphors that describes the Christian living. So opposition is something that is, 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 is with us. Opposition is indicative of the fact that God has a plan for you. In fact, if you're a Christian and everything seems to be going smoothly, like I said on Tuesday, you are probably on the devil's payroll. And if you're on the devil's payroll, he doesn't have to bother you. But this devil is a bad devil. His agenda is to frustrate and to abort everything that God has planned for you. And so, if you have this understanding, you know that every day you have to be ready. And that is why the Bible says that Put on the full armor of God. Put on the breastplates of righteousness. Put on the, take the shield of faith. Let your feet be showed with the gospel of peace. Have the helmet of salvation. 
and draw the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Every day we are fighting. If God should open our eyes to see the things and the spirits that are flying around us every day, some of us, we can't sleep. But thank God that he has closed our eyes to those spirits and he's given us the power to fight them every day. And so Nehemiah was confronted with many, many oppositions because he was out there to do God's work. He was out there to do the Lord's bidding. He was out there to execute the plan of God. And anyone who has a plan for God, anyone who is going somewhere for God, the devil will trouble you. So, in going to the next level, church, this is not the kind of message you want to hear from your pastor. But that is the spiritual truth. It is better you are prepared for battle than being asleep and the devil will stab you in your sleep. Apostle, not be so. So this man, he prays like it's nobody's business because he understands spiritual warfare. Now, when you look at the life of Nehemiah, he suffered a lot of opposition. And we would read from... Let's take Nehemiah chapter 4. In fact, if we had ended the reading of Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 3, we would have assumed that everything went well for him. He got the money, he transacted business, he came, he watched, and then he built. But from Nehemiah chapter 4 all the way to chapter 6, God shows us that even though his blessings was upon Nehemiah, yet still Nehemiah suffered a lot of challenges. So, people of God, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's read from verse number 14 and let's see what is hidden in the truth of the word of God. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse number 14. If you are there. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said, to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brother. Okay, let's start from 10 so that we'll have a better understanding of the Tobias and the Sambalats. Where did they start misbehaving? Was it from verse 1? Verse 7. Okay, verse 7. But when Sambalats and Tobias and the Arabs harmonized and Ashdodites <laughs> heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. Other version says that they were burning with anger. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Uh-huh. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what is happening, we will swoop, swap them on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall 
in the exposed areas, I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords and spears and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. People of God, I say any time that God has a plan with you, the enemy will come together and fight it. Nehemiah was doing well. He came to build the walls of Jerusalem. He came not to do his own business, to do something for God. Why should this worry people? Why should you worry people when God is promoting you to do something? Why should you worry anyone when you have decided that you are coming on board to help build the church, to give towards the church, to do something for God? But the very moment you stand out to do something for God, the enemy identifies you as a target. And the funny thing that we, we saw was the fact that the, the Ashdodites and the Arabs and the people in the north and south, those people were enemies, but they came together because of the Hemah. The day you begin to put yourself together to do something for God, your enemies you, you will unite against you. Some people who don't talk to each other because of you, they will unite. <laughs> Because of you, they will unite. And, and, and sometimes it makes the Christian life some ways because you go forward and you come backwards. You go forward, you're like you are trying to do something for God. Yet the devil is opposing you. And that is where some of us give up. But I'm here to encourage you that when those things come, know that you are in the will of God. Know that you are in the will of God. Know that God has a plan for you and the plan is being unfolded. Going through challenges is not a sign that you are outside the will of God. I don't know who distorted our Bible studies to think that when you are confronted with challenges, it means that you are out of the will of God. And I did some study. And you remember that when you look at chapter 3, Nehemiah seemed to have been advancing. But if you look at chapter 4, 1 to 3, there was a setback. If you look at chapter 4, 4 to 6, there was an advancement. You look at chapter 4, 7 to 8, there was a setback. You look at chapter 4, verse 9, there was an ad advancement. You look at chapter 4, verse 10 to 12, there was a setback. You look at chapter 13, chapter 4, 13 to 23, there was an advancement. Chapter 5, 1 to 6, there was a setback. You look at chapter 5, 7 to 19, there was an ad advancement. Chapter 6, 1 to 14, there was an attempted setback. And finally, chapter 6, 15 to 16, there was a final advancement. And chapter 6, 17 to 19, there was an attempted setback. That is how the Christian life looks like. It's not a straight line. Those of you who remember the teaching on the pathway to fulfilling your vision, I said that the Christian life is like going forward, you climb up a little bit, and all of a sudden, you find yourself coming back. And then you climb up a little bit, you go forward, you're excited, you find yourself coming back. Do I have a witness in the house? Sometimes you feel like you are retrogressing. Yes, that is typically what the Christian life is. But if the Holy Spirit should open your eyes, you realize that where you are from the origin, God has moved you forward. But sometimes you get worried because you don't allow the Holy Ghost to remind you of where he picked you from. Some of us are going through some challenges right now and it looks like it's unbearable. But if you compare this to five years ago where you were, Ten years ago, what could have happened to you? 
you'll be thankful for what God is doing in your life right now. This is a good time to slap your hands and lift a shout to the Lord. So every time you want to do something for God, the enemy will show up. And I want to review some things that we went over on Tuesday that the enemy does to break you down and destroy your faith and your attempted program. Number one, the enemy gets angry. Anger. The anger of others against you. And you can see that from chapter 4, verse 1 and 7. Sambala, the governor of Samaria, became furious. He became insecure. He went to an enemy, called the enemy and said that this small boy, what does he think he's going to do? What does he think? Let's, let's stop him. Meanwhile, building the wall of Jerusalem has, does not put food on his table. Some people get angry when you are promoted. As if, if you are demoted, they will put the difference of your money in addition to their salary. I don't get it. I can't think far. But that is how the devil behaves. Somebody is just angry with the fact that you are progressing. And I always say that the sky is so vast that when eagles fly, we won't collide. Let us all fly. Believers in, in the Lord, when we all fly, when we all make it, there is enough room to succeed. That, that there are enough resources in this world that God has for all his children. You don't have to be angry with anyone. But anytime you decide to move forward, you will be visited with anger. That is the satanic strategy. Anytime you achieve a, a certain feat, Oh, now you want to be a Christian. You want to show us that you are more spiritual. People will be angry. You go to church, they are angry. You don't go to church, they are angry. Damn you if you do. Damn you if you don't. But that is one of the ways the devil intends to break your heart. That's one of the Very good friends would, would abandon you. Very good friends will abandon you. So if you are the kind who is doing your best to love God and friends are leaving you in the middle of nowhere, don't be worried. Don't be discouraged. You are not supposed to uh, 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 seek the approval of everyone. In fact, it is dangerous if everybody approves of you. Now, it is not, it is not practical that everybody will like you. They will be angry. They will be upset. They don't like it. But stay put. Stay strong. Don't give up. Move on. And one of the things that I want to touch on that I didn't touch on Tuesday is that some of the things that people do against you is one way that God can build character in us. Because we realize that Nehemiah was a man of character. Bible said the trial of your faith, James chapter 1. The trial of your faith will work patience. Patience must finish its work so that you'll be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. That is one way God can develop character in us. And in fact, if you want to know if you're a man of character, be confronted by anger and see if it will be people, people. Or when you are insulted, you keep quiet. That is when you can prove your character. You see, T-Bag, you don't know the color until you put it in hot water. Then you will see pink and the veil. <laughs> pink is, is coming. So, and, and our, the, the way we can be matured is when we are confronted with those. I'll touch on that in my conclusion. Number two, 
What did they take Nehemiah through? Mockery and sarcasm. Mockery. Mockery. Let's look at uh, chapter 4 verse 2. Look at chapter 4 verse 2. Look at what Sambalat, the horror knight. Sambalat, the horror knight. Look at what he did to our dear brother Nehemiah. Saying in front of his friends and the Samarian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Hey! Acidic mouth. You look at somebody who is trying to do his best. And you are, look at this poor, feeble Jews. And you know, Ghana, the way we do it. Look at, look at you. I was telling you on Tuesday that I was writing a chemistry paper one time and the professor came to stand in front of me. Looked at me. Hey! You are failing! You are failing! I said, hey! How can your old professor tell you you are failing? <laughs> My grandma was when he came, I said, I wanted more paper because Charlie Stamapo is coming. You see, I went to G another method different from his method. And finally, when he went to sit down, I was the only person who got A in that paper in the university. So sometimes when you are doing things, they will tell you, look at you. Poor, feeble. What can you do? Eh? We are talking about your candy pie. Also say, what does this bunch of poor feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something out of stones from a rubbish heap and charge ones at that? They are more mockery. People of God, in fulfilling your, your next level, you'll be mocked. We, sh- we will be mocked. People will tell you all the things you cannot do. They will tell you how you fail. They will describe, in fact, they will show you examples of people who have failed the way you did. You, you fail. But take heart and be strong. That is the journey to the next level. When, when they, they mock you, God will build the character of strength in you. God will build the character of courage in you. So mockery is part of the journey. Sometimes when people don't understand what you are doing, because God is doing something that he's not done in anybody's life. You see, they, just like the chemistry lecturer, because he taught, he taught me one strategy, and I'm also going to learn another strategy. So a whole professor is sitting, standing in front of me, telling me I'm going to fail. God says, I'm, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not see it? I'm making rivers in the wilderness. I'm bringing streets in the desert. God is bringing a new thing in your life. The reason why they are confused is because they have not seen it before. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has he entered the hearts of men what God is about to do in your life. It is new. It is shocking them. Their eyes have not seen it before. Their ears have not heard it before. May God make you the first person to experience something in your family. May God make you the first person to go through something that nobody has ever been through. May God make you outstanding. May God make you outstanding. May God cause you to chart a new path, to chart a new course that will bring success on your way. In the name of Jesus. One day I was sitting down and I was thinking about Ghana. And I'm like, hey. In fact, I think I was watching CNN when that thought came to me. 
you know blue jeans, the blue jeans we wear. They said this man called Le- Levi. So where did the idea come from that he would just get that thing and do blue? And it's been in his name up to now, 100 years down the line. We are celebrating Levi. All of us wear jeans. Coca-Cola. Somebody came up with Coca-Cola. Eh? He used to say Coca-Cola. So how come that this part of the world is here? We cannot come up with new things. Coca-Cola changed somebody's life. When you go to Georgia, you see the headquarters of Coca-Cola. This is now the church. There are only three popular words. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, and Coca-Cola. <laughs> and it bothers me because if we have the Holy Spirit, then God must give us new and fresh ideas. May God give us a novel idea. May I prophesy over your life, people of God. May God give you an idea that will bring transformation to the world. And the world may not understand. They will mock at you. But that idea will change this world. That idea will be patented in your name. Your name will be in the annals of this world. And many years after you are dead and gone, people will mention your name. Because God has done something new through you. Slap your hands and celebrate him. The next thing they did was to threaten them. Threats and intimidation. Threats and intimidation. We can see that from chapter 4, verse 8 to 11 and 12. Threats and intimidation. Those are some of the oppositions that Nehemiah faced. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw them into confusion. But we prayed to our God and gathered the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain the workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the walls. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what is happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again. Look at this. Very important. Your own brother, the Jews, they live close to the enemy and they keep coming. Hey, they are coming. Oh, hey, they will hurt you. Hey, they will kill you. Hey, they will damage you. Hey, you will fail. Oh, hey, this money will not go. Hey, you cannot do it. Oh, your own people in the church will tell you how many times you are likely to fail. Threats. Threats. A lot of us give up when people start intimidating us. But believers, for us to go to the next level, we have to stand toe-to-toe with threats and intimidation. We have to stand toe-to-toe in courage. We have to come against them. Bible says that when David confronted Goliath and Goliath was breathing mayhem on David, David says, you come against me with sword and javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And we need to, people of God, we need to learn to stand. Every time we run, when are we going to be running from the devil? How long are we going to be running from, from the devil? We must be on the opposition. Bible says, I'll 
shake my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against my church. People of God, I'm here to encourage you this morning that when the enemy comes against you like a flood, the spirit of God will lift a standard against the enemy. Bible said, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. Even if I fall seven times, I will rise again. Bible says in Psalm 91, a thousand will fall on your side. Ten thousand by your right hand side. Only your eyes will behold the destruction of the wicked. If he comes against you like a flood, well, the spirit of God will lift the standard. So be encouraged, be strengthened, be empowered. They will say things that will crush you. They will say things that will make you afraid. They will say things that will make you feel like this is impossible. But don't be afraid. Be strong and be courageous and move on. The fourth thing that the devil did against Nehemiah was discouragement and exhaustion. This one is a dangerous weapon. It's a very dangerous weapon. Look at the verse 10 again. Look at the verse 10 again. Then the people of Judah began to complain. Why is it dangerous? Because this is from us. You see, discouragement is a weapon that the enemy uses internally. If it's externally, you will rebuke it in the blood of Jesus sometimes. You will see it, but it's coming from inside. A lot of people, God's people, have thrown in the towel because of discouragement. Small failure, you have given up. Small broken heart, you've gone to take poison. Small broken heart. Meanwhile, this guy is not even correct. Eh? In Legon, they say two ladies, they had broken heart. One took poison and died. The other wrote a book on how to overcome broken hearts. If they break your heart, write a book. <laughs> if you fail, rise up again and do it. A wise man, business guru was asked, hey, how did you become successful? You are admirable. He said two words, good decisions. They're like, yeah, we know. Every successful person takes good decisions. How did you get there? He said one word, experience. He said, yeah, we know you have experience. That's why we are here to ask you. How did you make it? He said two words, bad decisions. Bad decisions made him experienced and he made good decisions. So when you fail, don't give up. You will learn from the failure. Some failures are better than successes. Because some successes, they don't, you whap him. But when you fail, you learn something from it. We are too much afraid of failure. Thomas Edison, he did that before he got the light bulb. But today, we mentioned Thomas Edison. And we, we, we give him fans. People of God, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. When you read through the Bible, Bible has said it many times. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Do not be. We are going to the next level. I said we will make it to the next level. The enemy will come against you, but don't be discouraged. Let me wrap up. And sometimes you get discouraged when you're exhausted. And that is one of my woes. Sometimes when you overwork and work and work and work and you are tired, you pray in tongues, you are still exhausted. Take a break and rest. Rest. Take one day off eh? and rest. Eh? So who says, yeah, they will replace you. Rest. Before they even bury you, they have named your successor. Two of us. They will come and give your family 
2,000 Ghana cities. Even now, it's better those days, 200. They say, oh, God has given, God has taken. Move on with your life. This already, your assistant has already taken over from you. So please rest. <laughs> you, it's then that I'm saying that you are laughing at me. The next thing, fight that came was negativism. Apart from the criticism and the mockery, the people, you know, it's like they threw negativity on them. Chapter 4, verse 12. Let's look at the verse 12. Let's look at verse 12, and I will be wrapping up in a few minutes. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. If you don't take your time, your life will be with everything is negative. You turn left, negative. You turn right, negative. You go and do, it's not working. Then you say, I've given up. Don't throw in the towel. If you are working for God, you will hear bad things from people. People will tell you, you can't make it. In fact, you yourself can tell yourself you can't make it many times. But don't listen to yourself. Listen to what the word of God says. Listen to what God is telling you. That is how to go to the next level. The next one is fear. The devil will put fear in us. Fear is actually a result of all the things that hit us from every corner. So if you look at verse 14, please give me verse 14. Are you with me or you are going home? Yeah, we'll be done in a few minutes. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers. Fear will cripple us. If some of us, God should open our eyes to see the kind of things that we should have done, but because of fear, we did not do. We'll put our hands on our heads and cry. There's always something to fear, people of God. It is said that when you read the Bible, there are a lot of fear notes. There's always something to fear. But don't be discouraged. But how does, how do we overcome this? If you look at the life of Nehemiah number one, Bible said they lifted their voice in prayer. A good place to start is prayer. Prayer is the currency to change things in the heavenlies. Nothing happens outside prayer. Those of us who don't pray, learn to pray about everything. Even when you are going to buy a donkey. Number two, they put their hearts into the work. In other words, focus on your vision. One of the things that hurts us is when our vision is blurred and we cannot see clearly. So we keep shifting and shifting. But if you have a focus and the enemy comes against you, you still fix your eyes. Bible said, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising his shame. Jesus saw where he was going. And so when the cross was even bringing the shame, he, 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 he was not shaken. He went through the shame. He went through the cross because he knew where he was going. It's good to have a vision. It's good to see where God is taking us. May the Lord open your eyes to see the next level. May the Lord open your eyes to see where he wants to take you so that you'll be encouraged in the name of Jesus. And then they kept their eyes on the enemy in vigilance. And I mentioned that some of us, we know where the enemy is coming from, but yet we still play with the enemy. We still play with the enemy. That one is not wisdom. If people show you who they are the first time, believe them. You don't turn your back to the enemy. 
you know that this business deal, when you went, this man cheated you, you're going to put your money there again. You went to do Piram. Piram went now, you another uh, Ponzi scheme. You went to put your money. When are we going to learn? That one, it is not the devil. It's our own something. I won't mention. So let's be wise. And finally, they kept their minds focused on the Lord. But what do we think all these things culminated into? James chapter 1 verse 2 says that they build character in us. They build character in us. They build strength in us. All these challenges that Nehemiah went through built some kind of tenacity. And so the way to build character, sometimes if you know what trials are, you ask God to bring you more challenge. And then in Hebrews 4.15, Bible says that, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we, and yet he did not sin. God's leadership school is trials. I'm not talking about temptation. God's leadership school is trials. I read a story about the Roman Empire that shocked me. That Rome actually broke down when they stopped having opposition. Rome was a powerful nation, powerful kingdom because the more they were attacked, the more they united. And when, they, when the attack ceased, they got so complacent and then they started deteriorating. David, when he thought he had fought many battles, then he stood there and he was Bethsheba-ized. So sometimes when these oppositions, the oppositions are like frictional force. They let you move forward. They help you take the next step. May the Lord be our strength. May the Lord give us grace to overcome opposition. Thanks for tuning in. We believe you've been blessed by today's word. For video recordings of teachings by Reverend Alijah, visit our Facebook page at Harvest Missions Chapel. For prayers and counseling, kindly call or WhatsApp the numbers 0244-865-523 or 054-230-3868. To share your testimonies or to support the ministry in cash or kind, contact us on 0244-865-523.